This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 64. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one cheating minute at a time. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. With me are Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. And for the fourth day in a row, our special guest this week is independent filmmaker Henry Nazarbach. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Henry. 
Are we done? This minute begins, and Jerry Vale is still singing. My first note for this minute is... Hold on, I'm not finished. Ah, I'm sorry. Jerry Vale is still singing, and it ends with Polly being denied a kiss. And now, Josh, your first, note. My first note for this minute is... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. Here we go. Why are you saying, oh, boy? There's not a lot that happens in this it's minute. It's Jerry Vale singing, pretend you don't see her. It certainly is. Again, still. still. That's my, actually that's my last minute. That's my last note on this, and I'll go ahead and spoil that. It's Jerry Vale still going. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so it's so it's so smooth. It's, oh, it's Jerry Vale's great. So we see the uh, car pull up to a. Uh, Wait, well, you're just gonna car. skip twenty Wait, seconds. Yeah, we got notes on before the car. Yeah. <laughs> what else could we have to say about that? My note so, is something. Something told me that uh, Thelma Schoonmaker cut this scene down, and Scorsese wanted it to be like a three and a half minute scene of Jerry Vale <laughs> singing. <laughs> what, what is that? Jesus what, there in the editing room, like, are you sure? What is that conversation like? <laughs> well, Rob right now uh, is going. Well, you know what? It's not a bad. You know, they should try to run that. <laughs> I just say I would watch it. I would have no problem with that. <laughs> so one of the things that we've learned in the course of these 64 minutes is that we, we're finding many details we have never seen before, no matter how many times we've seen this film. Yep. Uh, so my note on this minute is, who is that girl behind Henry and his date? Because she is stunning, even though she is blurry. Yep. Which helps with stunningness. Yep. She's got a real Natalie Wood vibe going. Yep. Yep. There's also, uh, in, the, in the slow pan, as we pass... Before Henry and, Ka- and and his girlfriend, not Karen, is not Karen. As we pass Tommy's girlfriend, there's a couple behind them who start to canoodle. Well, it's very romantic. As you do when you're watching Jerry. <laughs> they're, they're sitting there with their, they're holding their heads to each other, and then the guy turns and kisses the girl on the forehead, and then he kisses her a little further down, closer to the eye, and then it pans away. I'm like, ooh, what's going on back there? How many right hand jobs that. are going on in this? In this in the <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know, you just might want to, you just might want to think about the what you're saying. What people might think. How it might come across? You think that the two canoodlers so are the words, same people from the hallway? Thing. Possibly. I think they could be. That's where we're at with this minute. We're we're like looking at, at blurry women in the background, going, "She's hot," I guess. That's that's where we're at in the movie now. I, well, well, the guy her. behind the hot blurry woman who clearly cannot move his chair to face the <laughs> stage, but really wants to watch Jerry Vale. <laughs> so he's watching it <laughs> over his shoulder. You're right. <laughs> he should maybe maybe <laughs> looking maybe looking at Tommy and Hendry just like these fucking guys just sat down in front and ruined the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh man. So uh, so now we get to the car as uh, Henry takes his girlfriend home to apparently the the single neighborhood in New York City where parking is not an issue. <laughs> right. Well, my my note on this oh. my note here is that. That is the most Queens building I've ever seen. <laughs> well, that was that was my first note. I went, oh, so those are apartments in Queens. I, I saw this immediately. I was like, oh my god! I just immediately flashed back my horrible time in living in Queens. And- yeah, that is. There are there are a bunch of apartments in Astoria that look exactly like that. So I looked it up to see if it was them. Actually, I didn't. I didn't confirm where it was. I just got the address. But it's Forest uh, Hills. It's Forest Hills. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hundred nine. Yeah. Hundred nine twenty seventy first Road in Queens. 71st Road at Queens Boulevard. It could be anywhere, though. Yes, absolutely. They could be any. They could be over around Steinway and Astoria. All the apartments look exactly like that. And you could, you could find parking at those places. Well, my my sister lives in a building in Forest Hills that looks very much like that. Yeah. I mean, this is well. Th- this this particular building is called the Warrenton, 
and uh, and you can actually kind of make that out in the in the uh, semicircle window above the doors that they walk in. There are letters that say something that says the Warrington, and uh, it is you can go on Google Street View, and it is still there to this day. What is uh, the address? One hundred nine dash twenty seventy first Road. At Queens Boulevard. Is there parking available? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I doubt there's parking available because there's nowhere to park in all of New York City anymore. <laughs> Has it changed? No. Because you could – I mean one of the reasons that I lived in the store is you could park. You you would I, – I parked in your neighborhood quite often and you would have – you circle – I circled a lot. Yeah, you circle a lot. It depends on the, the time of day. Yeah. The, uh, the reason why this looks so familiar to me is because I could have walked here from where I lived. Oh, wow. There, you probably did. No, that's on the other side of Queens Boulevard, but I could have walked there. Yeah. Right near Jewel Avenue. You know where it's probably near? It's probably near the wig shop. It's near Yellowstone Boulevard. Yeah. So. On the boulevard. Yeah, boulevard. On, on the boulevard. Hill. On the boulevard. And Metropolitan it's Avenue. road, which means that it's next to street. 71st Street. Yeah. Or, and I, maybe there's others. Can we talk about how backwards Queens is for a second? Yeah, it's pretty does, backwards. Does that not happen in other boroughs? No. Well, no. maybe in Staten Island, but that's a, that's a wild place that no one ever goes. So I, don't, I can't confirm or deny. But... When I first moved to Queens from Manhattan, all of a sudden there was 71st Street, 71st Road, sometimes it was 71st Avenue, and there would be three in a row with the same number. And I don't know why anyone thought this was a good idea. Well, because they would need – they'd put streets in between where the numbers had broken, and so they had to come up with a different way to call them. So instead of calling it like 71st and a half, it would be 71st Road, and then after that it would be 71st Place, and after that – and like it would go deeper and deeper. Is that why? They, yeah, well, I mean, that's how that's how it works anyway. I don't know why, but that's because up. I used to live in Twenty Fourth Avenue, and as you got to the Twenty First Street, uh, that would that would run perpendicular to it. There was Twenty First Road, and there was Twenty First. There was Nikki uh, Eyes, and there was Mikey <laughs> no, Francesi, like, and there, there was like three of them before you got to Twenty Fifth Street. But there wasn't actually a Twenty Fifth Street because that was the story of Boulevard. Right. This is right or, near the Seventy First Avenue Continental Four right. F stop. The building. other thing uh, th- is the dash. Yes. Which I thought that my address was wrong the first time. Because <laughs> I was like, why is there a dash there? Did you just write this wrong? And, and I realized that that's a thing they do in Queens and nowhere else I've ever seen in the world. Yep. Right. It's very difficult to, to mm-hmm. navigate. Yeah. Yeah. But easy to park at. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. I mean, or at least are, it, you know, up to 2006. Totally true. What are the odds that, uh, I mean, they, they finished the show at the Copa. He's got to drive back from Manhattan. So this is probably what, like... That's a long drive from Manhattan. Right. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, depending on the time of night. Depending on the time. No, no. I've made, it, I've made it from the middle of Manhattan to, to northwest Suffolk in 35 minutes. So, yeah, you can get to Queens pretty quickly at, at 2 a.m. But I question there being a parking spot right in front of the building. Maybe he had a guy standing there all night. He, I, I feel like he just met her at the Copa. Uh, maybe because when he lets her out of the car, he kind of he kind of if you watch he so he opens the door very chivalrous of Henry by the way even for the you know and he's he's kind of taking in the building if you notice that he's opened the door and he looks and he's he's going oh wow you, you live here you live here I realize, he realizes right. down market yeah. it's uh it's an again a detail I never noticed I think you're right I think he did find her at the bar at yeah. the then. I think that that's the night they met. I think they picked them up yeah, at the Copa. Yeah, this is their first night together. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he he right? Am I right? He 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 You're kind right. of he drinks in the building for a moment. Well, that would indicate the the thing is is that the the narration indicated that she was a girlfriend, which would more than just well, eventually. Stop. Well, they show they showed him meet Karen. So why wouldn't they show him meet meet Janice? Well, yeah, I don't know. Also, uh, she doesn't get the Karen treatment here. He walk he actually walks her to the door as opposed to shoving her. Well, that was a different whole thing entirely. Do you think that? Do you think that he was meeting her and he's like, "It's going well," and and sh- and he said, "Well, let me take you home," 
and and she, and where are you? And she answered, and he. And you think he went, okay. Well, we this took is a minute. That's where <laughs> he lives. It's where it's where he lives. Yeah, it's not quite five towns, but it's actually yeah. a really nice area of Queens. Yeah, yeah. it's just not like it's it, you know. I'm not, I was about it to say much neighborhoods. I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he has no objection to all everything she's bringing to the table. And let's also keep in mind that he met. He met Karen, like what, like 63, 64? Mm-hmm. So now he's been with Karen for a good, you know, almost 10 years at this point. Is, do, you, do we assume that this is his first girlfriend? No. no. Wow. I was going to say yes. No. You are just ready to give them all the leeway <laughs> in the world. He's been out all night from the very first time they were living at his mo- their mom's house. Right, but he's what not playing cards. Or- he's wrong. I, 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 you know, uh, we're not supposed to like skip minutes here, but he does get pretty involved with this woman. Yeah. In a way that we are not shown that he gets involved with anyone else. Right. I think I, this is his fir- this is his first like long time on the side because they wouldn't have shown right. they wouldn't have shown Gumar. the meeting and the going to the apartment and all that sort of stuff. I yeah yeah whether or not he Gumar is though I mean scheme either, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. true. All right, and this was a more significant one. She'll, yeah. she'll for reasons we'll get into in further minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so he's on his way up to apartment two R. Spoilers. No, it's a different building then. Is yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. right. Thank you. That's You're when right. he starts paying the rent, and it's a nicer place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. Tried to be funny. Not <laughs> <laughs> <have> the facts. <laughs> this is what happens. Thirty so, seconds of time lapse. So the time lapse I find interesting because do we ever see a time lapse uh, at any other point in the movie? It's a long time lapse. And uh, do we really need the time lapse to know they had sex? <laughs> that he spent the night. <laughs> I guarantee you that the that the first AD and assistant cameraman who had to go out there and shoot that. Yep. Lock off the street and stay, spend the night on the street in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> they probably didn't think he needed it. <laughs> I think it's implied, Marty. He goes in. He goes in the building. We so don't know if, why he's going in the building. What if we do it with a cut? I bet Thelma can take care of that. There's the very nice effect of the sun coming up and the lights on the left and right of the door going out. Like It's a nice effect. I like could have used a clock wipe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you don't think you think Marty was out there all night? No. Oh yeah. All right, for sure. just stand there. Yeah, ahead, definitely. Just, no. <laughs> he was blocking traffic. <laughs> he, gets he, really, he gets really he gets really involved in the productions. He gets really yeah. hands on. Yeah. <laughs> What's probably is that they he, they went and sh- what you don't know is that they went and shot this and he didn't like the angle and he made him go back and do it three more times. <laughs> no, no, not like that. More to the more to the right. No, no, no. You got to have it on the third line. And go back and do it again. The next day they come back. No. So the sun is come, comes up, and then we cut to Henry and Karen and the kids arriving at Paulie's house. So is oh. this the is this the next day? Is this Sunday? Is this? <laughs> well, before we get to that, the fun fact for this episode has to do with the, the time lapse section, which is uh, according to a study done this past May by a polling company called YouGov, twenty one percent of men and nineteen percent of women admit to cheating in their marriages, but seven percent refuse to answer. Well, I think I think you can assume you can tack those numbers on to the twenty one, so twenty seven, and twenty six. Yeah. Can I just uh, go ahead and say that number feels low? Feels very low. Very <laughs> it low. Says admit. How many people admit? Okay. I mean, and even at low, that's one quarter. That's about yeah. one quarter when you tack on the seven percent. One quarter of, more like of half. I think it's. I think that number's low by half. When when was that survey from? May of this year. So what do you think it was in nineteen seventy? Much higher. The same. Okay. I don't, Ron. I have no idea. I can't even begin. Use your gut. Go with your gut. 
I don't know. I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's higher. I'm not good it's with numbers. Back then. I'm not good with numbers. I think it's higher now. It's more permissive. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's higher now, to be honest. I, uh, no. You didn't have Tinder back then, Hank. Tinder, Connor. Tinder, not Tinder. <laughs> well, that's how I say it. You're on the trender. You're on the tender. <laughs> you sell, you send the me the sex on the tender? <laughs> well, anyway, so let's move on. So, uh, Regardless of whether it's the next day or not, I mean, what you're doing here is is a, a smash cut hard uh, to the contrast of family life. Yeah. And, and we are more, going. It's more fun to imagine that it's the next day, that he wakes up early and drives over and picks up the kids and Karen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we are going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because this would be Sunday dinner. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, exactly. Go. So yeah. I also like that when they walk in the door, Karen is very happy to be there. Well, she's now fully Stockholm syndromed into this group. Right. Yep. It's well, she's also uh, probably hasn't seen anyone since last Sunday. Yeah, she's also <laughs> been in that house with those two small children. <laughs> and her mother. Oh, God. <laughs> That's why she's very happy to be there. Yep. <laughs> When's the last time well, we saw her? Uh, oh, geez. But the, the agents. They yeah, came to right. search the, serve the search. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The police. Yep, yep. There you go. But before that, it was with the other wives' girlfriends, right? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. but that was years ago. No, but that's sort of the, that's, that's what her life is now. It's those wives and girlfriends to yeah. jump to here. So she, she's gone from being very judgmental, and now she's basically in it. Yeah, what yeah. she says well, right after that scene is she goes, I don't know if I could live like that. And right. now and she, and she is. her for yeah. 20 minutes, and now she's, she's completely indoctrinated. I think it's like 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Uh, but, it feels but, like 50. Well, it's, yeah. It's been several but, years. Uh, it's been several years. That's for because me, we anyway. talked about each minute for 15 to 25 minutes. Right. <laughs> oh, I think Jerry Vale is still singing. That. Yes, he is. Um, and he is, in fact, actually. <laughs> Jerry Vale continues through this minute. Hey. <laughs> Oh, but but think about it. Like the okay, so if you actually go through her scenes, there's the wedding. Then there's her going to the hostess party where she has no kids. The next scene is when there's the she's having the search warrant and she has the one baby. Yep. And then this is two kids later. The babies are the actors are five and three at this point. Right. So that you know that's six years. Yeah. So years, well, we also we also saw that she was pregnant at little Jimmy's birthday party. Uh-huh. What about yep. what about the photo montage of all the families going on vacation? Yeah, that's right. That was right after little Jimmy's birthday party. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's where she got pregnant. Yeah, theoretically. Talking about the children, so she's she's holding yes. their, their older daughter who refuses to give Uncle Polly a kiss. Doesn't this girl know who he is? <laughs> this is a man you do not say no. This is you do not say no to Uncle Polly. Like does, she does not know this yet. <laughs> Henry's Henry's gonna pay for that. <laughs> yeah, we do we do see that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these kids. That's where we are. The three-year-old, played by Stella Keitel. That name might found, sound familiar to you. That's her um, daughter. Yes. She's the daughter of Lorraine Bracco and Harvey Keitel. Probably maybe one of the reasons that she's smiling, so she can keep her child from ruining the take. <laughs> now, do you As think a parent, that, I now, see that exactly. Now, do you think they were like, we need a kid, and they're going through casting, or, or do you think that they're just like, we need a kid, let's just get Lorraine's kid? Everyone oh, in this she, movie is related to someone else in this movie. It's true, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I had not realized that she was married to Harvey Keitel at this point. They were point, never married. They were just, just together. They were just whatever. together, yeah. 11 years. Yep. Common law. But Stella Keitel was in several other Scorsese movies as well, or, or at least several other movies. She was in Bad Lieutenant, which is not an appropriate movie. For oh, you. Jesus. I think the decision <laughs> uh, to have her kid is more so let's have someone who won't freak out in Lorraine Bracco's arms for, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, that makes sense. The younger child was... <laughs> This is my favorite thing. Dominique, Dominique DeVito, 
Didn't say if she's related to any DeVitos we know. Uh, she was born in September of 1987, of course, appeared in this movie in 1990, so she was quite young. And if you read her IMDb page, it says, she is an actress known for Goodfellas 1990. And I think that is generous. <laughs> she, she, she it, peaked. Is, it is her only credit. She peaked at three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How often does she get stopped on the street? Graduated from, I'm going to go ahead and read everything on her page, because why not? Graduated from Farmingdale High School in Long Island, New York. Shocking. Oh, wow. That was, that's right by where I grew up. Is fully Italian. That's the full sentence there. <laughs> Attending St. John's University in Queens, New York, as of April 2006. Huh. And thus ends the story of Dominique DeVito. There is a very good chance that I walked by Dominique DeVito in the Walt Whitman Mall at some point. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. we got to bring Radke back on and check on that. <laughs> Well, that's fascinating. That's great. Yeah. Jerry Vale's still going. Jerry Vale's still going. Let's talk about Henry's collar. All right. We're getting into the se- we're getting deeper into the 70s and look at that that wide wide collar there. He looks very comfortable. Right? <laughs> it's Sunday. So what I want to know is is he leading with this? Like is like like is he starting to see it around Does he wait for some of the other guys to do it or is he the fashion forward guy in the crew? He's he's the youngest, right? Tommy's technically Tommy's younger. Technically Tommy's younger. younger. Yeah, yeah. He's the fashion forward guy because he's the one least steeped in tradition. Yeah, and he and he was in the le- he was in the leather jacket at Maury's, remember? Like yeah, I think I think Henry is is picking up fashion trends quicker than anybody else. Interesting. Yeah, well that's just another uh subtle way to point out that Henry is slightly different than the rest of these guys. He's just a little outside. All these guys are dressed in the same way. They're uh doing all the same stuff. They're and then Henry, they, they always find a really small, subtle way to put Henry just on the outside of that. Right. Fascinating. There's only one Irishman here. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's, it's sticking my craw that the kid won't kiss Polly. <laughs> here, I don't want to ruin it for you, but just wait. At that age, she should know. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. the fuck count for this minute is zero. Do we have anything else for this before we move on to the interview section? Yeah. I think it's time to hear from Henry. 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 <laughs> so on Thursday, Thursday episodes, we like to talk to the guests and discover their uh, thoughts and feelings and personal relationship with the film, Goodfellas. Henry, when did you first see this film? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, absolutely not. I don't mean to. I don't know. Next uh, question. Why not? <laughs> There's no <laughs> don't, don't say shit. I never read on your friends. I think, well, I don't, am I the youngest guest you guys have had on? Yes. yes. So I actually was born after this movie came out. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> How did that not come up in the screening, Connor? <laughs> it all no, are you guys going to re-record my last four episodes with someone else? Yes. Uh, uh, guy with a deep voice who's coughing. <laughs> World theory. It's Frank Vincent. Uh, this movie was always on TBS and TNT and USA and all that. All those. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Do you know it as a TV edited version? Yeah, absolutely. So when you watch it, do you hear like, the other version in your head? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, no, no, it's more so that's my version. My version of the movie is the TV edited one. And then I, you know, I, I had older brothers that were watching this movie and, you know, I'd come in and out of the room and it would always start at a different time. This is before DVR and all that. But because of the like tangential mosaic style of the narrative, I feel like I, my experience of it was not ruined at all. The fact that I watched like 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, an hour here, two minutes there, oh, uh, it, it, it kind of 
was fine. And then I probably did not watch it in total unedited uh, until I was like 17, maybe 16. Right. And then it, it was kind of like watching a different movie. Well, that's, that's okay. Before that, you're probably too young to fully appreciate it. Yeah, to grasp it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. So do you remember when you, when you actually saw it as a cohesive piece, as a full, a full film, when you actually responded to it as a film, as, as a budding filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. I think what you can take out of this movie as a filmmaker, as millions of filmmakers have, is the speed of it. This movie is so, so fast. And I mean, if you, even if you want to talk about this minute right here, like as soon as they walk into Polly's house, there's nine different like distinct interactions happening at once. And there's always people talking over each other and different scenes happening at the same time. And not to go back to that, uh, I think that was the first or second minute we talked about, but when they're burying Billy Bats, there are how many different timestamps in that minute? You know, they're here, they're there, it's going this direction, that direction. I think that's something that Paul Thomas Anderson really picked up, like something like Boogie Nights. Uh, I think a lot of people have done it in way worse ways. I think I brought this up earlier, but I think Tarantino really brought it up. But uh, I went to film school here in the city of Chicago at Columbia, and every single student film I saw, I must have watched 10 student films a week for four years, and maybe four of them tried to be good fellas. It was, it was, That's a it, lot but, to ask of somebody with no life experience. Yeah, I, I think this has to be the most influential movie of my experience in college. Everyone was trying to ape this movie. I think but, it's interesting that... No one did it. No one did it. Well, they yeah. Would just move the, they would just move the camera around a lot. And Did you go to college with Scorsese? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that this movie serves as a touchstone basically between your generation and ours at the very least. You know, well, like, it, it, it's completely timeless. There's no reason why yeah. you could, like, I experience it in a different way that you do. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think that a lot of the things you're talking about are sort of the same things. I don't, it takes place out of, basically out of my lifetime mm-hmm. before it. It feels, it's 25 years old now. It feels entirely modern. If this was released right now, you know, as David O. Russell keeps trying to do. <laughs> right. That's another film. I could- you know, we wouldn't be like, oh, that feels like an old movie. It would feel entirely relevant. Like, there's nothing dated about it. Right. It's really it's interesting. Still, it's, still, it's still faster than most movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the camera movement, the constant movement of it is still... Yeah. But uh, not in that like Tony Scott way, which you can say, oh, that feels like that's from the 90s or something like that. I mean, basically, when no. he did Departed, it felt very similar. The Wolf of Wall Street, he's using the same bag of tricks for it, and those movies don't feel, you know, like an antiquated style. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I often say that Michael Bay is very Scorsesean. I say that all the time. Why would you say that? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want people to hate you? Because films move fast. No, I don't say that. Good. <laughs> don't even don't, don't listen. Don't I? No, I know what you're saying. You're saying he moves the camera around. He's a, ta- he's a talented filmmaker. That's fine. It's just you just want to watch what you say. <laughs> that's literally. I had the exact same reaction to you just then <laughs> that Tommy had at the Copa. <laughs> so, anything else on this on this on this Henry? Have you have you uh, do you continue to watch it on a regular basis? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't my favorite Scorsese film. What? But, uh, it, what <laughs> no, no. I want to know the answer. If you say The Departed, I'm you're done. Oh, The Age of Innocence. Oh, okay, that's fair. Fuck no, I'm totally kidding. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you said it was okay though. Taxi Driver is my. Favorite. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it, it might be my favorite, the best film I've ever seen, but. Uh, well, we all know that's wrong. 
is it? I mean, that's that's clearly the Muppet movie. Come on. <laughs> I was like, Rain of Fire? <laughs> but Scorsese is... Uh, you always have to weigh his movies against his own movies. Like, if you took... If someone else did this movie, and, you know, it just had someone else's name at the end, it'd probably be even more impressive, I guess. But... Uh, well, I, 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 mean, it's I mean, really hard. It's, it's it's really hard to stack his movies against each other because that is one of the most dynamic filmmakers in history. Here's a question: When you're so you're in a you know you're you're a young filmmaker and you're making your own movies. When you watch Taxi Driver or Goodfellas or Age of Innocence, do you sit there with a, a do you get inspired to do better or do you get be like why am I even bothering? I'll never be this good. It's a combination of both. I think the best movies do both, but immediately at the end of the movie when the credits come up, it's like, fuck. Well, you know, it's like a, like a great baseball player seeing a, you know, like a, a okay baseball player seeing someone hit a ball like 520 feet. It's like, well, fuck, why am I even trying? You know? But I can't then, do that. I can't do that. Did you see that? Did you see that steady cam <laughs> shot? <laughs> yeah, but then you wake up the next day and you're like, well, I might as well fucking try, right? Right. I, I guess yeah, I guess that's that's what separates people like you who are doing it from people like me who gave up uh, a month into college. <laughs> I did too, but I had nothing better to do, so I just kept going to class. Oh, screw this! <laughs> screw what this! What order did you see those movies in, though? That's the real question. Because I see uh, what you're saying if you're comparing Scorsese movies, but if you're not watching them in order, I mean, like oh, the I first, think, oh, uh, Goodfellas, only because it was always on TV. Sure. Then you watched, probably you watched a watered down version. Yeah, and broken and, up, and yeah, yeah, exactly. For years, for years, that's all yeah. I knew. Uh, and then I probably saw either Casino or The Departed. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. then once you realize the concept of like a director and auteurship, you kind of and the identity of a filmmaker, you go back and you power through all those stuff, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I started at the beginning, so I watched you know Mean Streets and Boxcar Bertha and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, the stuff he did at NYU, which is yeah. great. But then Taxi Driver and New York, New York, and Raging Bull, and The Last Waltz, which is one of my favorite movies, and all of his document, documentary stuff. Like, that's another different, completely different chapter of his. The George Harrison one's great. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the Last Waltz is one of the best concert films ever made and one of the best rock and roll movies ever. You know, and uh, I think that this movie would not exist in its stylistic ambition and what it accomplishes without his interest in like the uh, the Males Brothers and what they did with Cinema Verite and like Jules and Jim. It, Scorsese told uh, Nicholas Pileggi that he wanted to make this movie like Jules and Jim. And I think it, it, with the freeze frames and the narration and the, the speed of it. But without his uh, experience in documentary, I think this movie is not what it is. Wow. Interesting. I could, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's. I mean, the, the the thing that makes it great is the right people at the right time doing. The, you know, like it's all that that magic mix. If if he yeah, tried, and you guys always yeah. talk about the improvisation of this film. It's yeah, like, one of the things about Scorsese for me is that I don't like everything he does. I don't think anything. I don't think it's bad necessarily. It's just uh, there's different things that I, I didn't connect well, with. The, is there an artist whose work you like universally? Well, George Lucas. He's 90, 90, 2005 over uh, especially. I think the best artists and filmmakers have is, you know, they swing for the fucking fences. And, yeah, you make yeah. mistakes. You don't, you yeah, don't no, think I, no, I, I, I like are just as commendable as their successes. Yeah, no, totally true. All right. I've never seen The King of Comedy. Have you guys, uh, some, a movie that I've been waiting for you guys to bring up, I don't know if you've done this in previous episodes, is Life Lessons, the movie he made right before this. No. The Nick Nolte, Rosanna Arquette, 
Oh, so, Gabriel Harbin brought it up. Yes, yeah. That movie is that movie. You cannot watch these two movies next to each other and not. They're made by the same exact filmmaker. Like the, the style, the speed, everything you see in Goodfellas, you see in Life Lessons first. Wow. And he he made it like eight months before. Wow. I need to I need to add. That right, to so the... I implore everyone if you if you like Goodfellas, which you obviously do because you're listening to this freaking podcast. <laughs> but... <laughs> not wrong. If you haven't turned it off through my spieling but watch life lessons it's amazing nick nolte is really good it's in new york stories right it's yeah. in new york stories it's the first movie in new york okay. stories. probably that like makes four, more 40 sense minutes long. 40 yeah. minutes yeah yeah i was like why don't i know what he's yeah no it's it's, it's it's one of the it's one of the stories in new york stories right okay yeah, so, that yeah. okay that makes more steve sense. buscemi yeah well steve buscemi yeah good stuff all right hank okay. good Br- job bring in the knowledge Whatever. We, should have, we started talking about this earlier as opposed to just why they name streets in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been better, probably more nourishing for the listener. But, well, you got that, too. So I guess that's fine. We go high, we go low. Yeah. It's the thing. We got something for everybody. Sure. Was that high? That was yeah. high. Yeah. Good, good stuff, Hank. That is so it for high. Minute 64. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow for Minute 65 and Henry's last episode. Until then... You can check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find us all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. Henry, where can they find you? Uh, find me on Twitter uh, at Nasserbacht, N-A-S-S-E-R-B-A-K-H-T. And you can support the show by going to Patreon.com slash GFM. And if you support at a $5 level or up, you get your own very own Mafia nickname if there was such a thing. And we get to bestow our next Mafia nickname on tomorrow's episode. So look forward to that tomorrow. And you can support the show by going to goodfellasminute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon. And if you have any questions or anything of note, you can contact us at contact at goodfellasminute.com and we'll be back tomorrow for Minute 65. Or will I go from rags to return? My fate is on.